You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 315. And uh, on today's show, I'm going to be chatting with Heartbeat Hero. And uh, we'll be talking to him later on. But first, we got lots of music to play. We got letters to read. We got birthdays to do. And uh, joining me for the first half of the show is Ashley Keegan, a.k.a. Forged in Neon. Is that correct? Hello. That is very correct. Thank you for welcoming me to your show. When was the last time I was on? Last year? The year Ooh, before that? Dangerous question to ask me. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'll strike that from the record. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if, if people... Uh, you know, listen to the show on a regular basis. They will know you are one of my awesome patrons mm-hmm. and they'll recognize your name. And then maybe we can also talk about Forged in Neon because that's the uh, the website and blog you do and stuff, right? That is. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do first is we're going to listen to a cool song uh-huh. and then we'll come back and we'll chat. I got people sent me letters. Um, I'm behind on birthdays because uh, obviously last week's show was a memorial to Blood and Chrome and we didn't do uh, birthdays or any patrons. Patreon announcements and stuff like that. So I got a whole bunch of stuff to catch up on. It's all very exciting for the listeners. <laughs> I'd say it's a white knuckle ride, all right. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on over there? You... I have no idea. I have no idea right now. I'm winging it. I feel. I feel like you keep knocking things over. Like, are you wasted? Or I absolutely am. I need to sit down. Okay, I'm sitting down. Okay. You were just standing. I was standing. Do you stand when you record? Not usually, no. Is this like a special occasion? <laughs> I actually forgot to sit down. I'm getting old, Andy. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> I would believe the old excuse, except I think it would be the reverse. Yeah. You know, when you're old and you have like arthritic knees and you jump at the chance to sit down. Okay. Have you been looking at my medical records? <laughs> Everyone has arthritic knees. <laughs> That's uh anyway look listen we got <laughs> this is terrible. Let's uh, let's listen to a song and then uh we'll keep chatting with Ashley. I got a cool one here from Dream Hour. And this is a cool track. Uh I dig it. It's called Own Tonight featuring Doko Doko and uh let's listen to this.
Right, and that was Own Tonight, featuring Doko Doko by Dream Hour. I hope I'm saying all of that correctly. Uh, if I am, give me a sticker. Or if I'm not, you can uh, write me a letter and say, Andy, you pronounced that wrong, you son of a bitch. But look, the point is that it's a cool song, and it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got some new ones this week, and I'm talking about David Evans, the Mark of the Beast, the Triple Six. David Evans is a uh, fan of Lucifer, and he's decided to show his support uh, to be on synth with the Triple Six, along with Andrew, another Triple Six donor. So this is a fantastic week for <laughs> Satan. What? Well, I don't know. It's the Triple Six. They're donating 666, <laughs> right? So, you know, Satan. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 not personally, no, but continue. <laughs> Sorry. Um and I would also like to point out that Brandon Decker has upgraded his support. That's right. Brandon Decker is a fantastic guy who is now in the $50 club, which is pretty fucking fantastic. So Brandon Decker deserves a round of applause. Ashley, I'd like you to ad-lib a nice thing about Brandon Decker. Brandon Decker is a rich guy, it appears. But, uh, yeah, no, well done, Brandon Decker. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'll say he's rich in spirit as well. Yes. You know, all the people who uh, listen and support this show are fantastic people. Just like uh, Artificial, who did a... Uh, I don't know what you just did. I got this weird email notification that said Artificial upgraded his support, but then I think it was like a one-time thing, uh, just a nice little gift. Hopefully it wasn't a mistake, or else Patreon just <laughs> took a bunch of money from you. <laughs> and I apologize, because I don't control them. Uh, they control me. The point is, thank you, Artificial. I hope that was a purposeful gift, or else I apologize. <laughs> but Artificial's a cool guy. All right. Now that that stuff is out of the way, why don't you tell the audience and remind them if they have not listened in the past... I'm going to assume you were on a few years ago. I don't think we've talked during the pandemic, have we? No, I don't think we have. I think it was about two years ago we last talked, and then it was maybe the year before that. Like I think this is my third stint on the show, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you are a, a fun and cool lady, and uh, you can tell that... Sorry. This is it's all lies. <laughs> it's all lies. Is it a lie? <laughs> no, no, are no. Are you a man? <laughs> You've got some secrets? Uh, who doesn't? Uh, that's true, actually. Tell everybody about Forged in Neon. Mm. Well, Forged in Neon is a website that I run. Um, I've been doing it now, actually, my second anniversary, as it were. I'm not dead. I'm just basically website <laughs> is running for two years um, on the 6th of May but essentially what it is it's uh, basically giving a voice to the artists another platform but I tend to concentrate on the less bigger artists as it were just so that they can get another way out to the people it's primarily for artists but done by fans you know because I mean I'm not a producer or I'm not anybody you know reputable like that I'm just a fan of the music so I come at it from an emotive perspective but um, essentially what I do is interviews and reviews and all manner of different things in between, some curated stuff, lists, all of that sort of detail. But yeah, pretty much all synthwave all the time. What's the actual web address? It is www.forgedinneon.com That's perfect. I know. That's a perfect web address for the name. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people are just like, hey, I'm fucking like Neon Ride 46, but then their website is like Ride at Neon or something, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that yeah, no, that sucks. No, but I think I was pretty lucky with the name because no one really has it. You know, it does exactly what it says on the tin, you know? I mean, it's just full of neon, full of aesthetic, full of tunes and full of good people. 
Much like your own show, Andy. I heard you lost your Twitter account. I did. I. It was a really bizarre thing. I mean, not to go down too long a road, but uh, here in Ireland, um, there was a big hack and my address that I used to log on to Twitter ended up on the dark web. And I kept getting really bad emails and I kept getting, you know, people trying to take down my socials. So I said, I have to lose this email. But in my attempt to try and retrieve my Twitter, they somehow thought that it wasn't me who was trying to access it. Despite me tip giving them everything, hmm. they decided to shut me down. So I've, I had what, nearly 3,000 followers that I had to rebuild. Well, no one shuts Ashley Keegan down. They, well, they can try, but no, they don't. Well, that's good news then. So what's the what's the new Twitter, right? Because you want people to go oh, check Twitter, it out. Yeah, I mean, the new Twitter is just essentially at Forged and Neon. I had a, a, a little um, sort of a, a zero instead of an O in my previous Twitter, so I was actually able to just claw that back and just do at Forged and Neon. So it's perfect. Hey, look at that. See, the, the Lord works in mysterious ways. It actually does. The Lord of social media. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> it's not Zuckerberg. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I want to listen to another cool track. I got one here from Downtown Binary. This is a nice kind of chilled out track. I dig this vibe and uh, you're going to dig it too. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, there's the kings of the Pattersons. I'm talking about Mr. Chris Dance and Mr. Mike Shima. I hope you fellows are doing all right. And of course, Mystery Donor. And now, let us listen to this cool song. This is Downtown Binary with Endless Twilight.
And that was Endless Twilight by Downtown Binary. Yeah, that's a cool one. I dig that vibe. That was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, there's Mike Erdahl with the 5666. And in the $50 Club, now there's two members. There's, of course, Tim Carlton, Mr. Cisco Hold Music himself, <laughs> and Brandon Decker, as we just learned today, who has upgraded and joined the club. So these are all very fantastic people. Yeah, Tim Carlton's the guy who made the Cisco Hold music. Oh, cool. Does that happen to you in England? When they put you on hold, do you ever hear that uh, there's like a song? You know, if, if I was in England, I might, but I'm actually in Ireland, so... Um, Why the fuck but, um, did I just say England? <laughs> I know you're in Ireland. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, you just listen to you, you've got this super thick Irish accent for some reason my brain's like... <laughs> Wait, people always say it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm so used to it now, but it's it's so funny. It's just like, hey, how, what's the weather like over there in London? Yeah, I don't know. I'll ask them. You know? That's the same thing I, I sort of deal with whenever people talk to me who are like you know we're friends but then like we'll record and then they keep on saying I'm in the states or like you know like you guys in America and I'm like don't you remember where I'm from you son of a bitch and then here I go I do the same thing to everybody else it's fine I mean I'll get over it <laughs> I made I made that Andy spaceship fucking video all about it was all about Ireland for forged in neon and nipples nipples Mac Ireland I mean nibbles 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 nipples I say nipples nipples the rat (laughs) oh my god the images are just chronic okay actually that show was just so funny I was still laughing a day later so listen I'm listening since I'm so behind I want to launch into the birthdays here because I have a lot of birthdays to announce and. Uh, some exciting news. Uh, Mike actually wrote the new birthdays jingle, so COVID knocked him out for a month because I wanted him to write me a new birthday jingle this year. Oh, poor Mike. Get well soon, Mike. Didn't know that. Oh, well, he's he's fine now. This was a long time ago. Oh. I, I like to keep on reminding that it was COVID, even though technically speaking, he's been fine for several months and still hasn't done anything. <laughs> but he's a busy guy. Okay. Well, I actually saw him in New Orleans like last week or the week before. He was posting pictures everywhere, and I was saying, hey, that guy has COVID. What's he doing in New Orleans? I think his COVID uh, was the month of January. Oh. And he was uh, he was sort of out of it. Yeah, and he wasn't like appearing in our little private chats and stuff like that because he was very sleepy. Now, that's no excuse uh, once you're awake to not do the very, very important work of writing new jingles for my show that I forget to credit him. This is the truth. But, you know, listen, uh... <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had no follow-up. Well, how about this? We will be going into the birthday segment, but I think I want to listen to a song first. And as I peruse this list, Ashley Keegan, I realized that several days ago it was your birthday. Uh-huh. We're, we're now recording this birthday announcement late. Wonderful. The point is, happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. Belated though as it is, I'll take it. Well, uh, listen, all my birthday announcements are belated, <laughs> all right? I'm... <laughs> I'm not a very uh, uh, organized fellow, but... Punctual fellow, okay. Well, you know what? I think I'm punctual, but I'm not organized. So, like, if you said, hey, Andy, we're going to the bar, we're going to be there at 9 o'clock, I'll be there at 9. Which is true, because I remember the first time I met you, you were there before me. True. And, you know, hey, I might forget your name or where you're from, but I'll be there at 9. That's the wow, okay. Can't fault that. The point is that as a birthday present, I don't know, it's a terrible present, why don't you uh, pick the next track? Yeah, okay. Well, uh, the next track that I would like to play, this particular track actually I had on my top tracks list a little while back, and I think it's a really good song. It's Jesse Mock with For a While. All right, let's do it. This is For a While by Jesse Mock.
Right, and that was Jesse Muck with the track for a while. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's my semi-sonic friend Jacob Wick with the 4488 and Retro Serenade with the 3333. Followed by Mr. Magoo Samurai with the 33. And hell, what about my uh, my pals in the Kroner Club? Uh, we got Emil and Hampus ML. And I am back here with Ashley Keegan, a.k.a. Forged in Neon. Mm-hmm. For her birthday, she says, I want to play Jesse Mock. And I say, okay to that. Um, aren't I privileged? That was such a good present. Thank you, Andy. Yes, you're very welcome. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote that song just for you. Fabulous. Okay. Did you ever see Street Hawk? I did. I did. Gosh, way back in the 80s, so I'm aging myself terribly, but I did. I think I actually used to watch it primarily for the, the theme by Tangerine Dream. It was amazing. Yes. I think it probably is the best part of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When a lot of people look back and they, they talk about like the retro aesthetic and there's this sort of this cliche of the 80s TV show and that show I didn't watch it when I was a kid. I only discovered it maybe like, you know, six years ago, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. And it was on, I think it was on Amazon Prime. And the second I watched it, I'm like, this is amazing. Because it is like, it's literally all of the 80s cliches in the title sequence. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's got the awesome synth song. It starts with the narrator explaining the plot of the show. It does the thing where the people turn around in the title sequence and smile. And it has their names written in like white lettering. Like it does everything. It's so amazing. It's it's incredible and then obviously that big motorbike that comes at you from nowhere it's just it's just incredible like you know I think as a child of the 80s watching that your mind was blown I'm not sure in this day that watching it back it's aged so well but it still is a cool show it still has all of that aesthetic and all of that trope that people enjoy which is perfect I think it had enough charm like I enjoyed watching it uh, for the first time Mm -hmm. but definitely it is sort of like a lesser Knight Rider Uh, yeah (laughs) So Knight Knight Rider has like a bigger budget and so this one, but this one is still fine, but it is sort of powered by the power of the title sequence because the music is amazing. Oh, the 80s were like, you know, pretty much most of the shows in the 80s, the title music was incredible. I mean, you've got Airwolf, you've got obviously Street Hawk, then you've got Miami Vice. I mean, they're all just really, like they'd still stand the test of time. You'd still listen to them today and vibe out, you know, they're incredible, I think. Yeah, I always thought it'd be cool to do some kind of show that like combined all of the 80s TV heroes mm-hmm. some sort of weird team up where like Knight Rider and Street Hawk and MacGyver and Airwolf and like the A-Team or whatever like they'd all get together because I feel like they could all like bring some unique thing to some kind of like team arrangement it's like some sort of Avengers of some description but like you know I mean that would be amazing but like most of them are dead now aren't they so <laughs> probably not um are they dead well no okay so Hasselhoff is alive well he is because I got him to do my Christmas message there actually in December so that was pretty cool. Oh yeah I saw that you did the old cameo. I did I did it was amazing. I looked at the fine print of cameo because I had a funny idea one day where I'm like wait I could do cameo and like stitch together like celebrity interviews by just paying for like cameos to like you know ask them like a few questions (laughs) but I don't think you're allowed to do that I went on the fine print no I'm guessing you'll be in court in the morning yeah you're not you're not allowed it it has to be sort of displayed exactly as it's sent like with the cameo logo in the corner Mm -hmm. and and all that shit so there is my plan dashed but okay so he's alive I think the guy who plays Street Hawk is alive Airwolf is dead Let's see, who else? A-Team, 
Well, Mr. T is still alive, so like one of them. I don't really know the the rest of the is cast. He still of, alive? Mr. T, yeah. Actually, yeah, he's yeah, he's uh, he's still yeah. And then I think Face is still alive. Is he? Yeah, I'm not sure. Hannibal is definitely dead. Yes, yeah, because Hannibal is the old guy, right? So yeah, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. And Murd- Murdoch is still alive. He has to be. He has to be still alive. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, how about this? I'll look this up. But first, we gotta actually shit. Now we gotta listen to another song. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna listen to another song, uh, and then we're gonna launch right into the birthday segment. All right. So I got an awesome one here from Ewan Ellis, and this is so silly. I I think we played a track of his like years ago, and his name is spelled E U A N. And for some reason, it like stumped me at the time. Where I was just like, how do you say this guy's name? Like, you won? And it like just blew my mind. And then the second I posted the show, like once we were done recording, I just looked at it again. I'm like, oh, it's you. And it's just a U instead of a W. And then like, oh, I felt like such an idiot. Because like, I just for some reason, when I first saw that name, it like confused the shit out of me. <laughs> I think it's because it's like a series of vowels in the middle. Like, I mean, it's a E-U-A, you know, so it's like, seriously, it's like a triple word score. But no, it's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to play you uh, and Ellis the next on my Wordle and uh, <laughs> exactly. get all those vowels in there. He's an incredible artist. I've picked him up a few times times now on certain tracks I've done on the website like he's a really good artist yes and this song I'm about to play is uh, it's very pretty I like this one a lot it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 2666 club we got Hugh Hefner with the $25 club we got Clint Dowling a star apart Alex Selickson and Blake Peterson hope you dig this this is Ewan Ellis with Falling
And that was Falling by Ewan Ellis off the album Infinity. And it's uh, it's a good album, so go check it out because it makes me happy and that song makes me happy and it was brought to you uh, by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club like Cargo Cult Luau Eurobeat Intensifies Honeybeard Joey Richards and Johnny Five and uh, we're back alright we're here we got Ashley Keegan here from Forged in Neon yes you do and now we're gonna do birthdays So, we are, of course, weeks behind. So, I would like to wish a very happy birthday from March 13th. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What? You're either very late or very early. What? Wow. All right. That poor guy. All right, look. Richard Urardi, a.k.a. Polar Wildcat Studios, who we always like to mention after we do the uh, the donation of the beast, which we haven't done in a long time, so we got to do that. Maybe next family show we'll... We've got to resurrect the old jingle, man, but look. Polar Wildcat Studios, happy belated birthday. Happy very belated birthday to you. You're a cool guy, and uh, keep on being awesome. He's been a Patreon supporter for a long time, and uh, I dig your style. So happy birthday to you. Keep on being cool. Now we got, uh, well, Mike Mendoza, of course. He's written the jingle, and now it's it was uh, his birthday on March 16th. Um, so we... Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Mike. This is an awesome segment. Uh, Of course, uh, Mike Mendoza is a very talented guy. You can find his music at Modern Night, formerly Hoo-Ha, one of the artists who uh, got me into the synthwave scene with his awesome track, Outrunning, which is uh, still one of my favorite uh, fun synth-pop tunes. And uh, you can always uh, also check out, I think he puts the jingles he's made for Beyond Synth as well on his uh, Bandcamp and I think his Spotify as well. So anyway, happy birthday to Mike. He's feeling better. He's written a jingle. And uh, and he's a cool guy. I think he just got a professional haircut. <laughs> As opposed to an unprofessional haircut. Well, I, I mean, think he's been doing what I've been doing, which is just cutting my own hair for the past, like, two years. Oh, you're doing a Rambo on it. I am. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, I think he just got a professional one. Because he sent me a message and showed me, and I said, uh, nice. And, of course, a happy belated birthday from March the 20th for Mr. Jean-Philippe who is of course one half of Le Matos I feel like I'm losing my voice it's getting all scratchy I wear my Le Matos hoodie almost every day and I realize that uh, I think hoodies are my favorite type of clothes so I'm gonna try and get some more like uh, synthwave artist hoodies so if you are a synthwave artist and you make hoodies uh, let me know because uh, I, I literally wear my Lumatos hoodie all the time, and I just realize now, like, every time I'm about to make a video that I'm going to post, like, on Instagram or whatever, I, I'm like, oh, shit, am I wearing, I'm wearing the hoodie again. Like, I literally wear it probably every day. It's very comfortable. Um, why am I saying this? All right, happy birthday to you, March 20th, super talented guy. I know they're working on some new music. 
it's secret, but uh, I know there will be some some new Lumatos coming. So uh, you guys go back to work and, and happy birthday. Also on March the 20th, Mr. Christopher Albert, who is also an amazing Beyond Synth uh, Patreon supporter. I feel like at some point we will get to the birthdays that actually come after today's date. <laughs> That's for the next show. <laughs> yeah, we're literally going to have to take a break and listen to another song. But the point is, Christopher Albert's a cool guy. He has uh, supported the show for, for quite a while. And, uh, of course, I celebrate those people's birthdays more strongly in my heart. If you're a freeloader who just listens to this thing for free, I'll wish you happy birthday. But, like, I don't really care. But for the people who support... I care. I care a lot. How about you? I care a whole bunch. Well, that's what I like about you, is your big heart. <laughs> yeah, I've got a big, big heart. Lots of love for everybody. <laughs> Sounds creepy as hell. Hey, man, well, it's but... a lovely sentiment, right? It's a lot better than having <laughs> contempt for everybody like I do. Well, that is true. There's a few of those, so no. But do, you, do you have, like, an enemies list? I Yeah, I have a kill list, all right, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> haven't quite gotten to the part where I actually start mm. picking them off, but I might do it this year. I'll see. You're going to do the assassinations yourself? Of course. I mean, if you want, I mean, you want to you know, do the job correctly, send a woman to do it, you know? <laughs> What's your weapon of choice? I'll get back to you on that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, Christopher. <laughs> We'll play another song, but also happy birthday to Ashley Keegan. That's me. On March the 28th. That's you. That's me. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. So, uh, how old are you? <laughs> no, you're goddamn business. <laughs> how old are you? I've been told that's impolite. I'm 40 years old. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I thought you were younger. It must be all those creams you're using, Andy. I do use creams. What? <laughs> On your face? Yeah, I do. I I don't. Uh, oh, okay. Oh no, I I, I use uh, fucking. I I put on like clay masks and stuff. I've been doing that recently. Oh, you're like one of those metrosexuals. I it? am. Yes, except more homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really like a physical guy. So I think I really haven't, like, put myself out there to be super weathered in the first place. Like, I mostly just hang out inside, and I don't eat terribly unhealthily. And is healthily a word? Healthily, yeah. Healthily is a word. Okay. I, I feel it is. Well, listen, what I feel is that we should listen to some more music. Let's do it. So... I want to listen to this one from Quato Lives. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club, like Kemsen, Ken Giroux, Neverman, and Restless Nights. And uh, this is a cool track. I got the, the vocal stuck in my head on this one. This is uh, Quato Lives with Rolling Thunder.
And that was Rolling Thunder by Quato Lives. That's a cool song. I'm always suspicious. You know, whenever people release a song and they don't say who the vocalist is, does that usually mean that they've just like sort of purchased? Yeah. You know how there's like some, there's vocalists who they sell like the the stems of their audio and then like you can just sort of buy them and make songs out of them? Yeah. It's a bit of a cheat though, isn't it? It is. But if the song is cool, like I know there was, there was one track by uh, Morgan Willis which I really love. It's called Coma. Mm. And I think the vocals in that track were like purchased vocals because okay. I heard another song with the same vocals, but Morgan Willis's one was so much better than the other one I heard. In your face. Yeah, so it's if, it, if the artist is talented and you can purchase some nice, clean vocals and make a cool song around it, that's fine by me, and it's also fine by my awesome patrons. Nice segue. In the $25 club, champions like uh, Robert Conglomerate and Sir Micathy and Techno Ben and your imaginary friend Petey, which must be a reference to when I yelled at Petey the other day, and of course, Slade. And with the 2049, it's Forged in Neon. Who the hell is that? It's me. Again. I have a letter to read here. It's from someone called uh, Jacob Hafstrom. Okay, it's a strong name. Sounds like you have a strong jawline. You yeah. know, these people. <laughs> yeah, Jacob sounds like a cool guy. He's got two dots over the O in Hafstrom. Hafstrom. I'm assuming that's how you say it. Whenever I guess how people pronounce their names, then you find out that, like, actually, in our language, like, two dots over the O is, a, is an ah uh sound or something, and then, like, I fucked up the thing completely. All right, he says... <clears throat> And by the way, we will get back to birthdays because there's like a whole other half of that list that we got to do. <laughs> he says, hello, Andy. Thank you for an excellent podcast. I'm on a backlog binge and have finished episode 50. Still many to go. As a Swede, I get all tingly when you have Swedish artists on your show, either as songs or interview subjects. And you've had a few already. My introduction to this scene, my ogre, if you will, was not Mitch Murder, but Lost Years, still one of my absolute favorites in the genre. He has a couple of albums out in the regular platforms. I've been searching through your homepage database, a very good source if you want to look for a certain artist, and I haven't found any mention of Lost Years. I know now, since your talk with Miami Nights 1984, that some of the songs just don't cut it, but I mean, Lost Years is a really good artist. He even got to put his music on a TV show, Red Oaks in brackets. So I understand that if you don't like it, you don't like it, and that's okay. But if you've missed Lost Years, you need to give them a listen. Thanks for your time and your podcast. You play cool music. Regards, Jacob Hafstrom. I feel like that might have been a letter from Lost Years, but under the (laughs) pseudonym of Jacob Hafstrom. That's possible. (laughs) I do have an answer to this. And it is partially because of how disorganized I am. First of all, Lost Years is awesome. And Lost Years was one of the first artists that, again, got me into the scene. So that opening when I, you know, discovered Ogre and stuff. And when I first clicked on the Synthwave, you know, tag and found people like Celerect uh, LA Dreams and Laserhawk and Lost Years. But the first three years of this show was focused primarily on the artists' music who were actually the interview guests. You know, I only played music from the artists that were I was interviewing, and it wasn't until around, like, season four that I started just playing random tracks. And sometimes, artists just, like, fall through the cracks in my brain. <laughs> it's now season ten. Because I discovered Lost Years in the early years, I just assumed, like, of course I've played a Lost Years track. Lost Years is awesome. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, oh my god. So I started going through my database and going, oh shit, 
somehow, because I didn't get to him in the early years, like an interview show, because it's been so many years and because he's so obviously awesome that I just assumed, well, of course, I played a last year's track, so I didn't even think about it. And also, I have invited him on the show and he dodges it, even though there was like this one year where he just was like randomly calling people in his friends list. And we had like this nice conversation out of nowhere, like on the phone. And then I'm like, dude, you should come on the show. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And I'm like, well, I, it would literally be just like what we just did. <laughs> like, you just call me and then I'll just hit record next time. And then like, you know, that's the thing. Ironically, there has been some lost years where you haven't played him. Mm. You like that? That is very ironic and true. And apparently those lost years are all 10 seasons of this show. <laughs> The point is, um, Jacob, or Jacob, I don't know how you say Jacob over there. You're absolutely right. Lost Years is awesome. I have invited him on the show, but he's not quite as evasive as uh, as Johan, uh, Mitch Murder. But he's still sort of, whenever I ask him, he's always kind of not really interested in doing it. And then that's what makes me sort of put it off in my brain. I'm like, oh, I invited him. And he said, no, okay, I'll invite him next year. And then we'll play a bunch of Lost Years tracks. And then it just sort of gets away from me. So, point is this. Jacob. Thanks for listening to the show. You've got about 300 episodes to go, so good luck with that. And just for you, let's play a Lost Years track. When I first discovered the scene, uh, the first album I listened to of Lost Years was Black Waves, because that was the one he put out, uh, I think, in December 2012. And the song West Side Lane, which is awesome. So let's play it right now. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, like fucking Joshua Winter. And then with the 1988, it's Waylon Kasky Geospatial. And with the 1986, it's Toots. So let's do it. This is Lost Years with West Side Lane.
And that was Lost Years <laughs> with the track West Side Lane from the album Black Waves, a classic which I probably should have played on the show 10 years ago, but we're playing it now because it is awesome. It's better late than never. That's true. And as far as I'm concerned, and I've said this many times in regards to the synthwave scene and retro scenes in general, it doesn't matter when you discover it if the whole point of the genre is nostalgia, okay? As long as you discover it, that's all that matters. Correct. <laughs> of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters uh, in the 1985 club, the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel. And then we got Gene Creamer, Private Eye, Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And I am back here. I'm chatting with Ashley Keegan, a.k.a. Forged in Neon. Mm-hmm. We still have another half of this birthday list. So let's, uh, let's run that new <laughs> jingle again. <laughs> Come So, we did you, you're March 28th. I am. So that was fun. And of course, there's another person who had a birthday on March 28th as well. Awesome patron, Eurobeat Intensifies. Eurobeat Intensifies is a cool guy. I don't know if he's still in the the Austin, Texas area, but if you are, I hope you're enjoying the warmth. Uh, It's very cold where I am. Is it very cold where you are, Ashley? It's not, actually. It's pretty mild. Um, Although it is kind of getting cooler. It will be this weekend, but uh, yeah. It's all right. It's not snowing. You got a party planned? Is that what your weekend's all about? My weekend will be spent in London, my friend. So I'll be partying with Wolf Club and LeBrock and all these kind of people. So yeah, it's going to be cool. So you will be in England. I will. Not that I don't live in it. Well, but... I'm trying to turn it around. Like I was, I was partially right. Okay. So... You are right. <laughs> Um, the point is that you will be celebrating the awesome birthday of Eurobeat Intensifies as you party in London with some cool synthwave acts. I will. You will be in my thoughts. And uh, I'll tell you who else is in my thoughts. On March the 30th, which is technically the day I'm recording this, but not the day this comes out, it is the birthday of the awesome Joe Wood, a.k.a. one of the members of Lookaset. I still wonder if they, technically speaking, although there is three, I think any new stuff will probably be just Adam and Joe, but I'm hesitant to call him half of Lookaset because if uh, James wants to do something, then he's technically a third. And then you've insulted the man, and it's not a good look. But the point is that Joe Wood is a very talented man, and anything he puts his mind to, he's got a very creative and technical brain. He does, like, visual effects stuff, too, and whenever I, like, ask him to do a thing or whatever, he can, like, whip something up real fast. So, happy birthday, Joe. I hope you're having a lovely day and maybe working on some new look set, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> but it would be cool. This is a real thing with you, Andy, isn't it? Like, it's a real thorn in your side that they haven't done anything to date. Well, to be fair, it's the overall um, the zeitgeist in the synthwave scene, as everyone's always just going, like, when's there going to be new look set? And I'm sort of speaking on behalf of them. Mm-hmm. Being like, like, pals with them personally, there's only so much, like, telling Adam to make n- new music and sing more because he's got a great voice. Oh, his voice is incredible. It's my yeah. favorite voice, like, in the scene. And so, and I've told him that. And I've told him that many times. I'm like, dude, just fucking sing something. Like, just, because Joe, I know he's capable of fucking whipping together tracks, like, real fast. That he could whip something together and Adam could sing on it. But Adam is just sort of particular about what he wants to do. And that's why they never, I think, get anything done. Mm, well, I mean, I think Adam, like, he's into acting or He's an actor, and of course, he also has Piccolo Joe as well, and a few other projects. So I'm sure you know it'll 
you'll get around to it, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it's just like when people have, like, a natural talent and they don't, uh, you know, do the thing I like with it, <laughs> then I get frustrated. Sounds creepy as hell. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think Dude, about that it that thing way. I like with it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet God. Okay. Anyway, look, the point is, uh, happy birthday, Joe Wood. You're a cool guy. Now this segment's running long, and I still have more birthdays to read. Like, look, later on in the show, I'm going to be chatting with Heartbeat Hero, and his birthday is on April 2nd. So not only is he going to be a guest later on in the program, this might even air on his birthday. Wow, that's an even better present. You're giving him better presents than you gave me. Well, you're on the show, too. Well, that's it, but... Like, way after my birthday. Well, it's not way after. I mean, technically, we're, well, we're recording this two days after, so this thing maybe will air well, like... that is true. That is true. Yeah. We can still celebrate me. It's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday to you, Heartbeat Hero, but we'll be talking to you <laughs> later in the program. Although, uh, we won't be talking about your birthday. <laughs> the point is this. We gotta, we gotta listen to another song, and then, shit, am I even gonna get time to read the other letter? Maybe I'll read it next week. I wanna listen to this track from Alex Lightspeed. All right, Alex Lightspeed, he's going to be uh, an artist on Rosso Corsa, and he's got an album coming up, which uh, which I'm playing now for some reason, even though it doesn't come out till July. But uh, hey, you know, I'm big into premieres on this show. You know how I'm really big into premieres? Yeah, I mean, that's not, there's nothing belated about that. I like it. It's almost like it's his birthday. So listen, I want to listen to this one. Uh, this is Alex Lightspeed from the album Crimson Sunset. Uh, this is Turbo Transistor.
And that was Turbo Transistor by Alex Lightspeed from the album Crimson Sunset, which you can pick up your very own self. Uh, nope, that's weird. Which you can pick up <laughs> your... <laughs> I don't even know why I'm saying that, because you can't. Because it's not out. <laughs> I hope you liked it. And you can just replay this portion of the interview until that magical day when you run to the record store and pick up the Crimson Sunset LP by Alex Lightspeed. Anyway, what the fuck was I saying? We got some more birthdays to do. Two more birthdays to do, apparently. On April the 4th, I want to wish a very happy birthday to the Axel Effect. All right, another uh, awesome patron. Is he still a patron? Sure he is. You know, a few weeks ago, I said happy birthday to someone who hadn't been a patron for like a year, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing, man? <laughs> this is supposed to be a privilege that's earned by the, the awesome supporters and not just given out for free willy-nilly weeks late. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I want to say happy birthday to you, the Axel Effect. You're a cool guy, almost as cool as Harkaden, whose birthday is on April the 7th. I shouldn't have said almost as cool, as cool. That's really weird. Now I'm like saying that Harkaden's cooler. Harkaden's a cool guy and an awesome supporter. I love that I've <laughs> you've been on the show and I think for the last half an hour I've not let you say anything. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sitting here listening to birthdays. It's great. <laughs> All right, tell you what. So look, happy birthday, you guys. You're all awesome, guys. Thanks for being cool. And now, how about this? We got to go to the the chat with Heartbeat Hero. I guess I'll save some of these letters for next week, but I'll give the floor to Ashley Keegan before I hang up on you. So why don't you uh, tell people uh, what they should do? Is there something forged and neon related? Is there something you wanted to talk about that I've just steamrolled over with all these birthday announcements? (laughs) There's a couple of things. I mean, obviously, the website's still ongoing. Some top tracks are done every week. What does that mean? Do you have a Spotify playlist? No, actually, what I do is I trawl through Bandcamp and Spotify and other places to find new music, uh, listen to it, and then put it up on my website. Maybe seven to ten tracks that, you know, gets people going, makes them want to purchase stuff, gives the little guy a little hand. So, yeah, no, it's, it sounds creepy, but no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, the blog in of itself is like interviews and all that kind of detail, but in, in within the actual blog itself is there's top tracks that I would normally send out into the ether every Sunday or Monday, and it's essentially a, a condensed sort of maybe seven to ten tracks that I would have enjoyed listening to over the previous week or so um, and just I you know do a little review on each and I just send that out and a, a little link to the respective band camp so people can pick it up if they like it too um, seems pretty successful you know a lot of people are, are coming to me and telling me that they've either discovered that person or another person or or the artists are, are fairly uh, good at coming to you to, to thank you for, for doing that so that's pretty cool so I get to do that interviews wise I have one with Lure Vert coming up quite shortly nice. so that will be cool and hopefully fingers crossed immortal girlfriend I actually tomorrow um, I'm coming for your crown Andy because I actually have a show coming out on YouTube tomorrow Ooh. tomorrow night in fact the 31st of March and it's called The Fourth Sector so for all you geeks out there you can probably tell where I named that after wait so what is this? well this is actually a sort of a bite-sized entertainment show like a, from a synthwave perspective okay. so it's new releases and a, an interview maybe um, just chat, just entertaining stuff, you know, little advertisements, all that sort of detail. All fairly, you know, lighthearted, nothing really too heavy about it. But um, that's, in essence, going to be maybe every month or so, give or take. It depends on how how good it's received. Um, it could be a couple of weeks or maybe a monthly thing, who knows. But for now, the particular pilot,
pilot episode goes out tomorrow. Mm. So at 7 p.m. EST and midnight GMT. So that's pretty cool. And uh, this weekend, then I'm in London and I am, I've provided music. I'll be DJing at an event called Dusk Waves. And that's in the north of London. And then that evening, I will be at Synthrave, which is the uh, brainchild of one half of Le Brock. Um, he used to, during the pandemic, every Friday do a, a sort of a Synthrave thing on YouTube where a lot of the people who love Synthwave would come in, join the chat, listen to some cool music. Uh, he bowed to pressure and now he's actually doing it uh, in a live situation. So that's actually getting its outing on the 2nd of April and I'll be there for that. So there's lots going on, which is cool. I also have a collaborator now for Forged and Neon in the name of Dom Cresswell. He's a guy under the guise of AUW, uh, Abandoned Uranium Works. He's been on the BBC and other places, but he's actually writing some chill synth uh, for me. So I've actually done a sort of a, pivoted a little bit uh, in terms of a, a certain segment of the uh, website, which will actually review chill synth tracks. Nice. Um, because I was very interested in that sort of detail as well, like Memorex Memories and Hotel Pools and all those kind of guys. So he actually picks up that because that's where his strength lies. Um, so he's been doing that for me now since January of this year, and it's been proving really good. So there's lots going on. For sure. Well, that sounds very exciting. My my only tip will be to make sure that you uh, show your cleavage in the YouTube thumbnail. It will help the reviews. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, it, it might or it might not. No, it, it might will. just turn people off. Look, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I will use pictures of your cleavage for my YouTube thumbnails in order to boost my views. All right? So if I'm going to do it, you should definitely do it. You do that. You've got my full permission. Thank you. You've got, and I, I want half of your Patreon for it. Is that okay? <laughs> so if you can pay me your half your Patreon, you can use them no problem. I'll, I'll pay you with, with photos of my cleavage. Again? I mean, come on. Hey, you listen. Know, switch right. it up a little bit. I have got quite a few of those. Yeah, well, look, man. I never did it right. You know where there's those, like, those shitty dudes? who like send ladies pictures of their dink and like I didn't I always did it wrong so I just sent them pictures of my chest and I'm like am I doing it right am I being a creepy guy properly and I just never figured it out you know it just sounded like something you needed to attain to it just it's like you know it just just want something to hold on to you know? <laughs> why, why am I being so creepy? I just bring it out of people. Who's listening to this shit? I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, what am I saying? Of course, I know them all by name. Of course you are. You've been reading them out all during my sentence. Yeah, yeah. listen to you, eh? Just smash that table. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting all, getting all Kevin Spacey in the House of Cards on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's many different ways to go Kevin Spacey, so. With the Spacey hands, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. For the listeners, for the show. Anyway, the point is this. I'm about to lead into a conversation with Heartbeat Hero with us talking about Kevin Spacey. <laughs> but listen, uh, it's always nice to chat with you. Likewise. Of course, people should go check out Forged in Neon and this this new Fourth Sector program on YouTube. Uh-huh. And, you know, if people like the synth wave and they like all that stuff, then they're gonna, they like what you do. And of course, mm. uh, thank you for always being an awesome Beyond Synth patron. It's my pleasure. And hope you have fun at your event. I will try I will try and I will also try and remember it afterwards Ooh. I might just say actually as well actually that the fourth sector show is in collaboration with an 
another guy called Pop Art Av. Um, Michael Anthony is his name. And yeah, he's, he's pretty cool too, but we're, we'll both be doing it together. So just want to give him a little shout out in case he thinks I'm commandeering everything and making it all about me. Look at this, eh? Which would never happen. But uh, listen, you have a lovely Irish day. Thank you. And a lovely British weekend. And then back to an Irish day again uh, when you return. And uh, thanks for joining me here. My absolute pleasure. It's always nice to be on and you have a really good Toronto day. I will try. And now, let's go chat with Heartbeat Hero. All right, well, I'm here right now with Heartbeat Hero, a.k.a. Daniel Barton. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Thank you, Andy, so much for having me on your show. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been listening for years. I've been wanting to be a part of this for many years. You have great guests, great music, and you talk about topics and pop culture, which I'm very interested in. I can't believe I'm finally on the show. I mean, shout outs to the family show. I love those shows. Uh, you guys are so much fun. Big shout out to Florence, Mike, and Marco. Nice. Well, I'll say hi to them for you. So <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a link to my album. Uh, have you listened to that? Did you maybe check out some more tracks on my SoundCloud? Because I got a new track out called I Fell in Love with the Scammer. Is it based on a true story? It was a podcast on NPR. There was a woman that fell in love with the scammer because every now and then he would ask her for money and she would pay him, but she just loved the attention so much that she just kept on paying him. And yeah, she kind of fell in love with the guy and eventually she stopped paying money and he stopped calling. But uh, that was where the lyrics came from for that track. I really love that story. From whose perspective? From her, I, I think, yeah. You're not sympathizing with the scammer then? No, I think even <laughs> though the way she was describing it, even though he was scamming her, I'm sure there was a part of him that enjoyed uh, giving her attention. He was singing songs to her, and uh, I really like that part. I, I mean, you're missing a lot of a lot of the story, but yeah, I just really like that story. Uh, <laughs> I think at this point, I'm missing all of the story. <laughs> so so <laughs> this is the first time hearing so, about this. From what I remember, so she got called up by this guy that needed help, and uh, she was a lonely woman. She was, uh, I think, her partner passed away. She had a lot of money. She was in retirement. And he was just calling her up every day, asking how she was and how are they doing. And then after like three weeks or so, he, he was like saying, uh, I need a few hundred dollars because I'm having problems. I need for my medical bills or something. And then she started to pay that. And uh, even though she eventually kind of figured out he was scamming her, she enjoyed the attention so much that uh, she just kept on paying him uh, for his attention. And eventually she stopped with it. But uh, I think they literally had a connection with each other. Otherwise, you can't go so far with somebody without having that connection. I couldn't just imagine. Imagine like feeling good about myself, getting up in the morning, going like, yeah, you know, eating my breakfast and today I'm going to go lie to some old lady for cash. Like it just seems so strange. Yeah, but maybe putting myself in the perspective of that person scamming, you don't know what their life is like. You don't know how many bills they need to pay. I mean, maybe we're thinking from a first world country, you know, but if you're like in really poor circumstances, maybe that's the only way to survive. See, you are sympathizing with the scammer. <laughs> I knew it. It only took one question to get the truth out. I sympathize with both, and I, I find both perspectives very interesting. Yeah, Wednesday I made that track, and I put it on YouTube, just like a vlog, because I'm daily vlogging now. And uh, this other guy, he sent me a video with like a full edit of uh, Wolf of Wall Street connected to that, because that's also a great scam movie, if you've ever seen it. Wolf of Wall Street with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Tell me more about Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> So what's going on with you, man? I have a new album coming out. on. Uh, it's going to come out on Bandcamp.com the 5th of February. Uh, probably I have to edit that out because I don't know when you're releasing this. <laughs> It'll be after the 5th of February, I can tell you that. All right. So I have a new album out, and it's a really personal album. Uh, it's got a lot of tracks in it with a lot of personal experiences. So, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it. All right. 
We'll, we'll get to that, man. All right. You, you're all like amped up, like you got stuff you want to sell me. <laughs> this is like a this is like a salesman call here. We're we're allowed to breathe, man. We can we all can right. we can take it slow. I am so hyped up. It's a, it's not normal. You got to remember, it's uh, it's very early in the morning for me. So <laughs> I wonder if the audience will be able to tell a difference in my voice. I feel like it's like two octaves lower today. Hello, hello. So uh, where do you live? <laughs> I live in the Netherlands, to be specific, in Helmond, and it's near Eindhoven in the south. I don't hear that strong of an accent. Well, I speak English a lot in the weekend and stuff like that, So, uh, and I grew up in America, so... That should explain that. Uh, okay, okay. Like, there, there, I mean, there is an accent, but it's not super strong. It's just finding words, because sometimes I'm thinking in Dutch, and then and then I'll get that word wrong. Helmund. Is that what you said? Helmund, yeah. The he- mouth, hell mouth. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> six, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> the place is actually called hell mouth? Yeah, I think it was, it's like an, a helmet is also kind of a word that was used back in the day. So it's more, it started out like that, but then it, they took off the, the ET part and then it was just helm, helm and then mouth. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so then is it Hellmouth or is it Helmet Mouth? It's Helmont. So if you literally translate that, it would be Hellmouth, but it, it would not be with two L's. So it'd be Hell with one L. Right. But when you're there, like it doesn't mean Hellmouth, right? Like the mouth of hell? Is that what the place names or is that just how it's spelled? Yeah, it's just a name. I don't think it literally means Hellmouth, no. Okay. <laughs> Well, I just figure, because if it did, I mean, you'd think there would be citizens who would want that changed. It would be really weird. I would only release Darkwave then. Hellmouth. <laughs> I mean, it still sounds cool. It, yeah, it does. What do you, so what do you mean? You were, you were born in the States? So I was, uh, my dad was, uh, he was in the Air Force in Belgium, but it was on the, the Grens, the border of uh, Belgium and the, the Netherlands. And my mom lived in the Netherlands and he went to uh, Eindhoven for some art exposition or something like that. And then he met her there. So he was living in Belgium and then they uh, got together and had me. In Belgium, I was born and then three years later, we moved back to the States. Back to the States? Yeah, because he was from the States. He he went, uh, he, he, he was in the Air Force and he was stationed in Belgium. Ah, okay, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I thought you meant he was a Belgian Air Force. So he's he is an American. He's an American. Yeah, she's Indonesian from background, but yeah. <laughs> so what's what's the timeline here? So how long do you live in the States? So I lived three years in Belgium and then eight years in the States. So kind of uh, from 80 till 89. And then it was back to Belgium? No, back to the Netherlands because my mom was, uh, she lived in the Netherlands and her family as well. So she's Indonesian but lives in the Netherlands. Yeah, so the Netherlands had places in Indonesia where they, they were colonized. So they had a lot of uh, power over there. Mm. And then a lot of Indonesian people came to the Netherlands or they got married with a, with a Dutch person and then came back to the Netherlands. Right. Okay. So your dad speaks like multiple languages? Uh, yes. Back then he spoke uh, Dutch and, uh, and, and English. That's all you need, I think. For, uh, in Belgium, they speak a sort of Dutch in the northern part. Okay, so then, so moving there wasn't like an issue for him. Like he wasn't like, okay, we'll go, but I can't talk to anybody, or I'm gonna have to learn how to talk. Yeah, well, I think they speak a little bit of English, and he slowly learned uh, the Dutch language or the the Flemish language in Belgium. And uh, I th- yeah, a lot of people speak English around here. So I, if you go to ne- the Netherlands. Almost 80% of the people speak English. Flemish. Yeah, Flemish is, uh, if you live in Belgium, the, the top part of Belgium and the bottom part of Belgium is French. 
I think similar to uh, to Canada, but then with English, right? Well, yeah, French is our second language. Yeah, although we learn French in school poorly. <laughs> so, uh, look, let's listen to some music. Yes, and then we'll uh, we'll keep talking. Cool. So there was this thing you did called Synthwave Darkness to Light. Oh yeah, that was my first album. That's my first album, man. Yeah, and I want to listen to this track. It's called The DeLorean. Ooh. And it's uh, by Heartbeat Hero. The DeLorean DMC-12 is equipped with 15-inch die-cast aluminum alloy rear wheels and four-wheel disc brakes.
right, and that was Heartbeat Hero with the track The DeLorean. And I'm here right now with Heartbeat Hero, a.k.a. Daniel. So in uh, in the Netherlands, yes, speaking Flemish, or no, that was Belgium. Yeah, that's the top of Belgium, yeah. So there's no Flemish being spoken around you. Yeah, maybe uh, on the southern part, uh, in the, the Dutch part of uh, for ne- the Netherlands, they, they'll speak a little bit of Flemish, I think. But it's very similar to Dutch. So, And in Dutch, we also have different areas that have different languages uh, or different dialects. Does that get complicated? No, it's it's, it's just like in the, in the States. I mean, every area has a, a slightly different uh, twang or uh, a different way that you pronounce words or different words you say. It's similar to that. What do you do when you're not making tunes? When I'm not making tunes? Well, I uh, have a, also have a podcast, do a lot for that. So listening to music a lot and uh, also watching movies, uh, watching movies with my kids, playing guitar. I do that as well. Work. <laughs> <laughs> Vlog. <laughs> How do you have time for all this shit, man? I'm a very creative person, so I really love the different outlets to produce that stuff. Yeah, I just love doing it. Do you drink lots of coffee? Uh, I used to be on the caffeine, but I try to cut it down because I was getting a lot of headaches from that. So uh, try not too much coffee. Just try to get enough sleep. And uh, yeah, I just love love doing what I'm doing. Yeah, sleep is the key. Yeah. I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> I got up so early to record, and I'm just, I'm wearing an Udi. Do you know what an Udi is? No. Do you remember a thing called the Snuggie? Mm-hmm. Which was sort of like a blanket that had armholes? Yes. So the Udi is like a giant, like, hoodie. My wife got one for Christmas, and then she was so excited about these things that she bought us all some. And it's basically like a very warm and giant hoodie. So it's kind of like a Snuggie because when you're like laying down, it almost like covers your whole body like you're in like a monk thing. But it's also very big and wide. It's basically like you're a kid wearing like an adult's hoodie or whatever. So it's like this giant thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds really comfortable. Yeah, it's 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 nice and soft and, uh, and it keeps me warm. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> Normally, we we I wear something called a, a morning coat, so ochtendjas in the Dutch. Ochtendjas. 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 Yeah, and you, and you just put it on in the morning, and it's really like really thick and it's warm, and uh, that's what I put on in the morning. I put on my slippers and uh, grab a cup of tea. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, we we do have that here. I mean, obviously, the Udi is a new product. This is like you know when when these new people come in and they're like, "We're gonna change the game on house coats by making a giant hoodie," and uh, it's all right. Although it had like a weird smell when it was new. It smelled like crayons. <laughs> yeah, I always wash stuff before you put it on. <laughs> well, you know, it's because they come in those vacuum sealed bags, and like part of everything now is like everything is partially made from recycled materials, which gives everything like a strange smell, especially the cardboard. Like cardboard now smells terrible, and like no one notices it like I do, but like from fast food drink holders to packaging, like cardboard has just a bad smell now. I think, Andy, you, your superpower is smelling. I do have a very sensitive sense of smell. Yeah, I think that's why you get that reaction that people are like, I don't I don't smell that. Yeah, I tend to notice weird, silly things, and I can guess be a bit neurotic and like mm-hmm. hyper-focus on them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I also have like an oversensitive sense of smell. How much coffee do you, do you drink? Or caffeine? How much caffeine intake do you have? I usually just have like one thing a day. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, you think it's the coffee that's making me crazy? Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, if you're hyper, if you're hypersensitive, then caffeine's not going to help you because it's just going to put more power into that. Yeah, caffeine's a funny one because, like, at times in my life, I'd quit caffeine when I noticed I was feeling extra anxious or had like a fucked up heartbeat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can also be like an anxious person. But what I learned is that a lot of my episodes of anxiety or panic attacks could be like directly connected with either a lack of sleep or not eating properly. Yeah. But it took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. And like, that's not to diminish people who might suffer from like mm-hmm. anxiety or depression because of like actual like chemical imbalances yeah. but for me personally it was just about needing healthier habits that's great if you can find it out for yourself but i mean if you're struggling to find the answers i mean talk to professional first to, to figure out if if, if it is the imbalance or just uh, doing the right things. Yeah, because I used to have, like, I would have, um, like, pretty serious, like, anxiety and, like, panic attacks and stuff. Me too. And then I'd get caught in these stupid cycles of, like, not sleeping properly and not eating well and then having panic attacks, which causes me to not sleep and not eat. And, yeah. and sometimes, like, the healthy habits just can be inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Like, you might have a project you want to finish, so you stay up late when you should actually just sleep and work on it the next day with, like, a, a clearer head. Yeah. And, like, we're not even supposed to be looking at screens at night that's true (laughs) that's one that i still do like i'm pretty much looking at a screen moments before i fall asleep the best time of the day is when the kids are in bed and you finally get that moment for yourself where you can just like do what you want to do and look at the screen and (laughs) (laughs) i never have that moment (laughs) then you need to go to bed later yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel if it's like really getting to me and too much of the show and too much music and stuff like that and too much work then I will not look at my phone and just like read a book for like maybe five minutes and then fall asleep because I can't concentrate on the book. <laughs> but it really helps just to calm the mind. Yeah, reading. I should probably do some more reading. And you don't even have to just have the intention to read and then probably you'll fall asleep. Yeah, that's when I learned too. It's like if you have insomnia, go, well, then I'm just going to get up and do chores and you'll go right to sleep. Yeah. Actually, that's not even true. Never mind. But at least you get something done. So like whenever, if I have one of those nights where I literally can't sleep and I am, is it even called insomnia if you just have it one day? Is it fair to invoke the word insomnia at that point? Or is that more like if you, it's a recurring thing? I mean, there are, there are gradations. That's not even a word, but there are like different levels of insomnia and I'm not sleeping for a whole night. That's insomnia, man. I feel like it's unfair to be like, I have insomnia because like four weeks ago I couldn't sleep one night. Then it, it doesn't sound like I'm allowed to invoke that word. Uh, I wouldn't put it that way. But if you just say that one night I had insomnia, then that would be okay. Right? Yeah. So when whenever that happens, because I will do that sometimes, I just have a night. It's like, oh, man, I just cannot fucking sleep. Then I do chores. So at least I feel like I'm being productive. Yeah. And you complete a task, which is also a good thing if you're not feeling well, eating healthy and moving and sleeping well. Also, just completing tasks like making your bed or doing the dish, dishwasher or stuff like that. Also, black tar heroin. And that as, as well, and Coke. Yeah, you cook it up on a spoon, and it makes you feel great, I've been told. Yeah. I'm a square. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> what's, what's the worst drug you've done? I mean, I guess technically ecstasy, but that's just a pill. I mean, like, okay, yeah. I was never really, like, a huge drug guy. Like, yeah. I used to smoke weed, but it made me paranoid, and so, like, I had to stop. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I can't really handle the booze either. Do you, like, feel a bit tipsy after two drinks, or do you just, like, get instantly uh, nauseous? No, like, I can get a buzz going yeah. and have a good time. Yeah. I can't really get drunk because I usually get sick before. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only times I've really been drunk were, like, when I was a kid. I mean, like, in high school and stuff. <laughs> I was thinking, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, like, when I was in, like, high school, like, <laughs> th- those are the only times. I might be drunk for, like, 
you know, 10 minutes, you know, there might be a moment where I'm like, hey, I feel great. I love what fun we're having. And then instantly like a switch goes off and I'm like, all right, it's time to get sick now. <laughs> and like what I was saying before, like when I used to have panic attacks mm-hmm. and like anxiety and feelings of dread and stuff, which would sometimes mm-hmm. lead to getting sick. Yeah. And then that wired my brain to connect the idea of getting sick mm-hmm. with the anxiety ah. and like the feelings of dread. And so now I have like a sort of early warning system because if I've been drinking and I start to feel like unnecessary feelings of like dread and anxiousness, then I know I'm about to get sick. So in my my 20s, I also had a lot of uh, panic attacks and I took a yoga class to help me get through it. And uh, the teacher, she told me because we were I was experiencing um, tintling in my hands. Yeah, Um, yeah. How do you say that? That's not English. (laughs) Tingling. Yeah, tingling. tingling. Yeah, tingling in my hands. And I'm like, uh, I'm experiencing tingling in my hands. And she told me, just experience it. And that is the moment that it clicked for me that once I let it happen, I wouldn't panic and get sick because I was panicking to get sick and then panicking to get sick again. And then, yes, yeah, for me, that was like the, the key that unlocked the door to actually having less panic attacks. And if I ever have a panic attack again, I just let it come and let it go. Yeah, I remember the, the tingling. I, in high school, I won a an award and all I had to do was just get on stage and accept it and shake someone's hand I didn't have to give a speech or anything but just the nervousness of having to go up on stage and I had that stupid thing where like both my arms and my feet just started tingling and I felt like am I going to be able to stand up (laughs) I hate that and that's the thing I think people who don't have anxiety don't understand it's that like cycle that negative thought loop like you start to get anxious and then you start to get anxious about the idea of being anxious exactly and that's one of the reasons why I quit smoking weed because like I had weed induced panic attacks Mm. so sometimes I wouldn't even need to inhale and I would just start panicking that I might have a panic attack like it's so stupid so I said fuck this and and that's why I'm an alcoholic (laughs) 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 but enough about this nonsense man I want to listen to some more music Uh, you put out this thing called the matrix of synthwave in uh, 2019 yeah that was my second album yeah Yeah. which I believe was inspired by the matrix it was if these track titles are are anything to go by 23 tracks and I want to listen to this one it's called agent smith agent smith here we go And uh, it's by Heartbeat Hero. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is?
And that was Heartbeat Hero with the track Agent Smith. And I am here right now with Mr. Anderson. So how do you feel about the... Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm here with Daniel Barton. I'm not here with Mr. Anderson. This was... Uh, it's so early in the morning that I could probably just trick myself into thinking I was talking to Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. This is what happens when your brain isn't, uh, is, isn't functioning. How'd you feel about the new Matrix movie? I quite enjoyed it, except for the scene with the Merovingian. I really liked that he uh, they put him in like uh, a homeless man's uh, clothes, and uh, it was the polar opposite of what he was used to. Uh, I really liked the fight scene with Morpheus. Uh, spoilers for those who haven't seen it. I loved the dropping body bombs. That chase scene was amazing. And I also love that he programmed the Matrix game. I mean, that was a great, I thought that was a great idea to do. So overall, I liked it. Uh, was it one of the best? Definitely not. That's my feeling about it. Well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm always happy for people when they enjoy things. To be fair, I'm uh, I'm one of those people who doesn't really care too much for the other Matrix sequels anyway. So I didn't go into this with any expectations because mm-hmm. I already don't really like the other sequels. So... I thought it was fine. Although, I thought it was cheap. Like, it looked cheap. It didn't look like a Matrix film. But I feel that way about everything now. Everything looks cheap to me. Some scenes did, but some scenes did. I I think there were specific scenes that really looked cheap, but not all of them. Did you think that all of them looked cheap, or...? Well, it was just the overall look of the film in general. Like, it just didn't have the unique Matrix look, Mm. and just looked like generic, digital, modern-day cinematography. Mm -hmm. And some of the effects work stood out by being, like, especially cheap-looking. Like, those shots of Neil Patrick Harris walking around in regular motion while everyone else was in slow motion. He just looked like he was green-screened into the shots. Mm -hmm. Like, in the original film, you know, like, a lot of time and planning went into the bullet time shots. You know, like, you need a, a... complex camera rig and everything had to be precisely choreographed and then this shit just looked like they were just making it up as they went like they just filmed the slow motion neil patrick harris scene in an afternoon and then just cut him out and pasted him into the shot and i gotta say that that final shot of the movie before it cuts to the credits might be the corniest thing i've seen in years just the effect combined with that horrible fucking Rage Against the Machine cover was like just a really bad way to end a movie. Like it was almost like a joke ending. I, I don't even remember it. Oh, dude. And they, and they chose to cut the credits at that moment. I mean, like, there's lots of movies I love that end with a bad song, but at least they have the decency to wait, like, a minute. You know, I love uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and at least they're still playing the Danny Elfman score music when it cuts to credits before they start playing fucking Nickelback or whatever the hell was... Yeah. What was the... I don't know. Yeah, because that's what that fucking... uh, And they say that a hero can save us, or whatever, like, fucking (laughs) trash music. But they don't play that right when it cuts to credits, so they give you at least a few minutes to walk out of the theater before that happens. Mm -hmm. I think most Marvel movies are like that as well, where they just start playing uh, when the the black screen comes on and they roll the credits. Yeah, it's a really weird thing that they they did away with the the title sequence. Did they? I I didn't notice that. I did notice that they had the title sequence at the ending, but... I'm not aware. They always do the Marvel logo in the beginning, but that's more the credits thing. So in the beginning. Yeah. So like, I don't know when they started doing this, but yeah, like there's no Marvel movies don't have opening credits. Like, I mean, they say the name of the movie, 
but they don't do like the opening where it's like you know like four minutes yeah yeah, yeah. i miss that i like opening title sequences and we still get that with james bond though yeah i think but i feel like it's almost like an anomaly now yeah it's- james bond is the one where i notice like oh yeah they still do the you know because it's part of the tradition definitely i miss it in a way i remember in the 90s it was like there was even some companies like their whole deal was we make cool title sequences i always bring them up and i always forget their name where there'd just be these companies that like specialized in just making really awesome title sequences for movies and now movies don't have them and you just gave me a new perspective on marvel movies i mean i guess that since there's so many of them maybe i wouldn't want to sit through a title sequence but i i like title sequences they sort of get you like they, they gear you up to watch the film maybe some of them are a little too long but they make you feel like it's the 80s and the 90s terminator i love the title sequence for terminator and the shining has a great one i do like all the um the pierce brosnan james bond title sequences even if all the songs aren't great the title sequences themselves are cool did you like the the latest ones or did you which ones do you prefer of the james bond movies i like james bond period so like i do like all of james bond for me james bond is like doctor who where I'm just a fan of the premise, and so I like it all. I mean, there is obviously ones I like better than other ones, mm-hmm. but I always enjoy just the concept, and I, I like a lone spy going around with gadgets and stuff. But every Bond has like at least one great film and some duds, although... I do like both Timothy Dalton's, and obviously I love GoldenEye, and like, I like the Daniel Craig ones because I feel like Daniel Craig, they started taking the filmmaking more seriously and were trying to make like, quote unquote, good movies, Mm -hmm. but for my personal taste, I prefer when Bond movies have a bit of that cheesy silliness, Mm -hmm. like I don't like when the Bond universe is too super serious, I like the gadgets, I like when Bond has like that goofy scene with Q where he shows him the new gadgets and stuff. And, you know, when the women have the silly sex names and things. Do you have an idea of which actor should be the next one, in your opinion? They should get a fucking nobody, all right? Like, I want to see more nobodies and stuff. Like, you know, sometimes, like, I'll even watch, like, fan films and things on YouTube to see if there's ever any nobodies that, like, really fit the bill for, like, certain characters and things. Like, the other day I was watching Spider-Man fan films. And, like, to be fair, like, they're super cringy and hard to watch. But I was, like, I was curious if anyone's ever made, like, a good Spider-Man fan film. But I think the thing amateur fan films have a hard time with is, like, the Spider-Man costume. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't see a single one with a good costume. And I don't think people recognize how elaborate, like, the cinematic Spider-Man costumes, like, have to be to retain the form and the shape. Yeah, yeah. It's a harder costume to pull off than Batman, I think. I saw him making up with Tom Holland, and he had to drink through a straw. Yeah. <laughs> and it went through his eye, and but he couldn't drink too much because then he would have to take off the suit, and it took, like, a few hours to put on the suit, so... Yeah, I, lo- I haven't seen the new movie yet, and I know you've seen it, and you really enjoyed it, and it's like made $1.5 billion on the in the box office, but they had a lockdown here, so I couldn't watch it yet, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that was the last thing I did before they had like another lockdown over here, but like I made a promise to myself years earlier, like I said, if they ever bring back Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, <laughs> uh, that I would have to go back to the theater and see it, so I uh, had to go. That was a really stupid day, and I ended up with an Uber whose GPS, like, fucked up, and so, like, 
on the drive home, they basically drove me like all the way downtown Toronto and I wasn't paying attention because I don't drive and I'm not like a, I'm a good uh, backseat driver. Like I don't tell people how to do their job. I don't tell people what lanes to go. I'm just like, just fucking, you know, do your thing. I'll just sit here. So I wasn't paying attention until like we're almost like downtown. I'm like, uh, what route are you taking exactly? And then the GPS literally made us go downtown and then just do a U-turn and then just go all the way back. It was the stupidest fucking route. Like, I don't even know why the computer even did that. Did you have to pay extra for that? I did. Oh, <laughs> I did. I didn't realize that. Like, when I got home, like, what the fuck? And then Uber was just like, actually, that'll be 30 bucks uh, because it was like double the length of the ride. I'm like, ah. But I didn't want to complain. Like, I had a nice driver. You were, you were still in awe of Spider-Man. You were, like, thinking about, that was such an amazing movie. Uh, I wish I could watch it again. Oh, no, I was pumped. It was just a really stupid Uber ride. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking so stupid which is why you gotta you know you gotta get home and wind down you know with a nice gin and tonic mm. and a lemon how do you say lemon in the Netherlands uh, citroen wait uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of like French almost right uh, yeah uh, they even have a car called the citroen that's true they do a little tiny car don't they have big ones as well do they <laughs> I always remember the cars being smaller when I visited Europe when I was a kid. Wait, why did you visit Europe for when you were a kid? Oh, I've been all over the place. Uh, my my, f- I have family in um, France and England. My mom is French, so her family is all in Europe. You came from France as well? No, they were. F- she was from Morocco originally. Oh, you- <laughs> it sounds like my story. <laughs> Complicated. Yeah, my mom was from uh, Casablanca and then and then moved to France. When she was young, and my dad is British. Oh, so they met in, in Canada? No, they met in... Where the fuck did they meet? Egypt? Wow. Well, my dad... I don't know. My, my dad's oh, like... They uh, in Egypt. <laughs> On vacation, or...? Yeah, my, my dad's like a sort of a world traveler. Mm-hmm. And so, for some of the trips, we would come along. So, I've, I've been to lots of places. But I haven't traveled lately. Yeah, how old were you when you traveled? Well, there was uh, we did a s- trip to the South Pacific, and that's when I was young, like maybe four. Oh, you re- you remember that? Yeah, which is actually kind of funny because my dad just sent me some pictures of me and Tonga because there was that big volcano that just went off. Yeah, near Tonga, and so yeah, we and I think I went to school and where the f- like they put me in a school for the time that we were there. That was like Rarotonga and fucking the Fiji and the Cook Islands and. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, and that. That's when I was... school in Tonga? It was, like, for, like, a few weeks or whatever. Like, just for while we were there. I think just because, like, my mom wanted to relax on the beach and not worry about the kids, and so they just, like, signed me up for a school for, like, a week or two or something. A lot of people don't even know what where Tonga was before the explosion, and now you're telling me that you went to school there, so that's really... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't remember that. Mm. Like, I have pictures. I, my, my memories are all sort of sensory from that period of time. Yeah. You know, like, I, I remember, like, walking in mud and things. There's just little, like fragments and things and then over the years i like every two or three years we would we would go to like france for a trip in the summer or something and and visit uh relatives over there and then when i was in grade eight i did a trip to the southeast asia with my dad it was just my dad and i and uh and we did a bunch of countries uh did you do activities did you like go on a boat or something or yes but my, like we didn't do my dad doesn't do tourist stuff uh. so we like backpack so even as a kid like we're just you know like doing what you know people do when they leave university like go to youth hostels and wow just kind of go all over the place taking little buses and things and that was an interesting trip yeah so hong kong then we went over to macau singapore indonesia malaysia 
And I was like, the happiest was when we went to uh, Thailand and saw the place where they filmed Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. Did they already release Mortal Kombat? Did they release that movie already then? Well, they had to have because I was excited to be there. Yeah. But look, man, enough about my trips. We got to <laughs> listen to more tunes. All right. You had an album called Synth from the Heart. Oh, nice. You like you like throwing the word synth in your uh, album titles. Yes, I do. Only my, my, my newest one that's coming out or is out, uh, it, it doesn't have that. So oh, you're change it up. breaking the trend. Yes. Um, I want to listen to this track, which must be fun for SEO. It's called Synth Waves. Oh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of synth here. Well, we will we'll read all these album titles afterwards, but uh, I want to listen to this one. It's called Synth Waves, and it's by Heartbeat Hero. <laughs>
And that was Heartbeat Hero with Synth Waves. And I'm here right now with Heartbeat Hero, a.k.a. Daniel, talking about me mostly and my travels and <laughs> watching Mortal Kombat as a kid. And you were allowed to watch that? <laughs> well, it's not a, not a gory movie. No. It was probably like 12 and older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's fine, PG. Yeah. I wasn't really like a horror film guy, so I wasn't watching like really gory things anyways. No, I was asking that because I let my son watch, I, I let him watch The Matrix and he's like 10. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty young age to watch and there's some gory parts in there, but he seems to cope well with it. Yeah, like I'll show my, like my son's 11 and he's just so focused on like, his games and his online friends and stuff that like there are times where I try and go, okay, today we're going to watch Predator or something. <laughs> the first thing you name, name is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause like, like I want him to see all the cool movies that, that I are do awesome. Too. I, I'm afraid we're not going to be able to watch it with them because once they get to the age, they want to watch it. They, they want to watch it with their friends and not with their dads. Yeah, there's that. You know, I started watching cool films when I was maybe 10 or 11. Like, that's when I was watching, like, Terminator and stuff. And, you know, there's certain movies where I, you know, I wouldn't show him Scarface now or whatever. Yeah. And to be fair, we didn't really watch Predator. It was sort of like I was already watching it. Yeah. As I was, like, doing crafts and, like, he just sort of saw that I was watching a movie. But then he still... It's weird. It's like they don't they don't have the same interest in, in watching like older things it's like if this isn't a four second video about Fortnite then he's not really interested yeah what, was he playing Fortnite while watching because my son always has a TV on while he's playing Fortnite my son's computer the, the one that he uses doesn't really face the TV so uh, and did and you ever watch Disney movies as a family or any movies as a family sort of the way my apartment is set up is it's one big room mm-hmm. and there's like sort of like bedrooms off to the side or whatever so like pretty much like it always feels like family time to me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like they watch lots of like Disney films and stuff. I don't love them personally, so it's hard for me to fake engagement. Mm-hmm. So like if, if, if I'm not interested in the movie, then that's why I'm kind of waiting. For, like my daughter's too young to watch any like super cool movies with. And, and what about the Muppet movies or not, not the Muppet movies, but the movies with uh, like the Dark Crystal or is that too scary as well? Or like... Uh Maybe eighties movie like um, oh uh, uh, the the boy that reads the book the never ending story yeah <laughs> the boy that reads the book <laughs> yeah that's a classic I showed, I showed that to my kids and they're like oh this is a cool movie oh that's a fake green screen man that's that that looks horrible <laughs> but they still loved it yeah it's funny what the, what they pick up on with what looks bad or good and then meanwhile like all the movies that they watch now are like all CGI like everything's then to me that looks fake <laughs> like last night I started watching They Live and my son kind of watched a bit of it but then he fell asleep I don't think he even got to the part with the glasses so as far as he's concerned it's a movie just about Roddy Piper hanging out with some homeless people because we didn't get to the part with the glasses or like I think he did that's as he was falling asleep I'm like look he's about to get the special glasses and then he's he kind of saw the scene where he looked at the first person who looked like a skeleton and like why do some of the people look like skeletons? I'm like, oh, because they're not people. And he's like, oh, and then you've just fell asleep. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> I have not seen that movie. I'm looking it up. It's 1988. Uh, John Carpenter. I haven't seen it. Oh, they lives awesome. It's uh, it's classic, man. Roddy Piper puts on the shades and then he sees that uh, Earth is like being taken over by aliens who are controlling everybody like subliminally. Subliminally. Subliminally, yeah, through like advertising and TV and, and stuff like that, and you see the truth when you put the glasses on. Did you uh, have you seen um, with the Brad Pitt um, the movie about <laughs> Fight Club? 
Fight Club, where they also do subliminal <laughs> dick pics uh, during uh, and spliced into the screen. I, you know what? I haven't seen Fight Club in years. I used to love that movie. Oh man! But I feel like I have not watched that film in like twenty years, maybe more. Yeah, it's uh, it's an old one. I remember watching it in the cinema and I really loved it. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot, but I've I've had this concern that it might feel dated now for some reason. Like, I know it had lots of creative and new, like, filming techniques and effects at the time, and I just have this feeling like it might not hold up as well as I think it should. Like, there was just that period of time when, you know, music video directors were becoming film directors and yeah. some of the movies sort of borrowed, like, color palettes and styles from, like, high-end music videos. So David Fincher did do music videos in the beginning but he's like one of the best directors i mean any movie he'll he puts out i will go to the cinema for he's definitely my favorite director and i'm pretty sure fight club will hold up or actually any movie that he's put out it's crazy how long it's been since i watched that movie 1999 yeah it's probably been 20 years like i did watch it on video like i have it it wasn't a movie i just watched once like i did see it a few times but yeah you have to watch that twice that's a movie you have to watch twice. Honestly, though, there used to be a lot of movies that used to be in my rotation that I haven't watched in years. Because once I had kids, like, there are certain movies I just <laughs> didn't want to have on the TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true. Like, I used to watch Scarface all the time. Like, when I didn't know what to watch, like, I'd pop on Scarface. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's uh, <laughs> not a great kids film. And <laughs> I got to look at my kids like, uh, you might not appreciate this film <laughs> the same way that I do. <laughs> You put these sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, how about we uh, talk about your new album? Uh, do you want to pick a track to play from it? I pick a track. Oh, my God. All right. So Star Child is the one I want to pick. All right. Well, that's a cool pick. Song's got nice uh, spacey vibes. Yes, indeed. I got to stop saying spacey vibes. <laughs> Whenever... <laughs> Whenever I say that now, <laughs> I just think of Kevin Spacey and like, I mean in space. Mm-hmm. There's got, is there a better way to word that? Uh, no, uh, the universe, uh, space, uh, the ruimte. <laughs> say the, it in Dutch. <laughs> sorry, what was that? De ruimte. De ruimte. De ruimte. De ruimte. Yeah, I'll, I'll, if you said in, in American, you're like, de, de ruimte. De ruimte. De, de ruimte. <laughs> Is this fun for anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Fun for us. The vibes of traveling in space amongst the stars. Yeah. That sounds better than spacey. Yes. Okay. Durante. Durante. (laughs) Durante. And the last zat in the ruimte in the space uh, spaceship uh, a bit to varen and. uh, Ja, dan heeft hij lekker zitten spacen in zijn spaceship met lekkere synthwave muziek op het achtergrond. Achtergrond. <laughs> I like trying to t- speak other people's languages. <laughs> but look, let's uh, listen to this song and then you can tell me about it. So this is Star Child by Heartbeat Hero.
right, and that was Star Child by Heartbeat Hero. And I'm here right now. We've been chatting with uh, Heartbeat Hero, a.k.a. Daniel. So uh, talk to me about this one, because I, I know this album has sort of a, a theme running through it. Yeah, there are a lot of personal tracks on this album. And uh, for Star Child specifically, uh, we had a miscarriage 10 years ago. And uh, as I was sitting down as sort of a remembrance to uh, that time period that was horrible, I started to write that track. And even during writing that track, I started to cry. And it was like the first time I had real emotions physically creating this track. So uh, I put that track out there. A lot of people also had the same experience and um, really enjoyed this track. So that's why it's number one on the album. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for playing it. Yeah. So overall, like this is a very personal album for you. Yeah. I also had two other tracks that were uh, connected to the death of my father. One track is called Rising to the Spirit World. And it was the night that my father passed away. Uh, that I sat down to write that track. And uh, another track is called Push On, which uh, actually helped me when he was sick uh, just get through that time to that rough time just to keep myself motivated. But it's always a feeling that when I go into a track, I try to just put it into the track. And then, I mean, sometimes it, it's not even a good track, but these tracks turned out really great. And um, yeah, the, the, the accept- I put it on SoundCloud, some of the tracks, and the acceptance of the tracks are also really, uh, really good. I'm always open to what comes to me. So I never go into a track knowing exactly what I'm going to make. It's always coming to me uh, while writing the track. And I know a little bit about what I want to write, but it's more of being in the track and in the moment and feeling the feelings. So is this a sort of a cathartic process for you? Yeah. I am using the word catharsis correctly, aren't I? I never <laughs> use the damn thing. Like it's it's maybe a healing experience for me. Um, yeah, I'm just like a really creative person. And that's like the best way to heal for me, to create music or actually just to create music. That's for me the best way to uh, show my emotions. And it's also nice when you tell a personal story and sort of like put it out there as a way of connecting with other people who have had similar experiences. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the feedback that I got on some of these tracks was really amazing. So uh, on the, only the one track, I don't know yet uh, how people are going to respond to that, Rising to the Spirit World. Uh, cause, and that's also a more of an upbeat track. Yeah, people might wonder why it's more upbeat. It's just him him going on into the spirit world that really uh, touched me. And uh, also, he was paralyzed for two years. So I'm really happy he finally got stopped from being confined to his body. And um, on, on some level, it even released me from being confined to what my dad thought of me. So, uh, yeah, that was a big one for me. It, just, it was a great personal experience to create those tracks. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what the response is by the people listening and hope they enjoy it and hope they can resonate. Well, I guess you'll know now since this conversation is going to air months and months after the album released, so... <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. I mean, when they listen to it, they will be able to see that it's out, and if they haven't caught it yet, then they'll be able to uh, get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the bottom line. I want everyone to get it. Well, I, the bottom line is that I want so, as many people as possible to listen to my music. That's the bottom line. Just getting as much people listening to my music as possible. I also want people to listen to this show, but I, I don't know how to go about getting that to happen. Yeah, you need to work together, man. <laughs> Team up. That's the way to, to grow. Well, what I really need is uh, someone to do all my... <laughs> all your laundry? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> 
that'll come, man. Once you once you grow big enough, you get people to do your laundry, you get a bigger house. Yeah, I actually don't mind folding laundry, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's calming. Yeah, little things here and there that I find relaxing. So the album is Star Child. Yes, and the first track on the album is called Star Child. Uh, we call that the titular track. The titular track. Did you say twack? The titular twack. <laughs> it is tough to say. <laughs> like, normally you release a bunch of singles, right? And then you put out the thing. So I did release uh, all these tracks as a single, except one, uh, Rising to the Spirit World, because I really wanted to get a, see what tracks are getting traction, and all these tracks that are put on this album got a lot of traction, so that's the reason uh, they're on this album, and they fit each other nicely as well. And also the artwork on it, I'm really proud of. It's uh, created by Polina. She's a really talented artist. Uh, you should check her out on Instagram. She does really nice work uh, with watercolors. You also have your uh, the podcast you do. I know I've I think I've been on there a few times. You've done like some trivia. You've been there on there on there twice, and the third time uh, I also called in once for your uh, you ha- you were doing a live show on Twitch, and we talked about chicken wings, and uh, we had a really bad connection. I was calling from the car, had a Bluetooth connection. You had a Bluetooth connection, so it was like a four second delay constantly. We're talking about chicken wings. Yeah, it's, it's, it was like two years ago. You were playing Metro. And uh, I called in to the show. Do we have anything good to say about chicken wings? <laughs> yeah, you can listen back to the episode. It's think I think it's episode six. Oh, were you doing like a dual recording? Uh, no, I re- I re-recorded it uh, through Twitch because Twitch always uh, saves the episode that you put on. on the ah, screen. I see. Yeah, look at you. You're industrious. Yes, I'm not that clever. <laughs> Once I record things, they disappear into the ether and. I don't think I have a copy of some of those things I did on Twitch. Yeah, because uh, sometimes, uh, like, after three weeks, they'll they'll delete on Twitch. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. I don't think I did anything good over there. Yeah, you weren't feeling it on Twitch? The live aspect? I'm always concerned that I'm going to say something dumb. Yeah, I mean, as we all do. <laughs> but it really, like, I don't know, it, like, it throws me off. Like, the, the way that I work, it's, like, the opposite. Like, I don't do any prep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, with this show, I sort of just kind of find the interview in the edit. Yeah. If people listen to the unedited version, they'd be like, oh, this is kind of a weird conversation. Like, and <laughs> it's just because I don't, I prefer to not prep and then do the work afterwards. Yeah. Um, whereas some people, they do the work before. And they, you know, they they actually find out about their guest and have questions to ask them. And for me, I'm like, I just... I kind of want to f- learn about them as I go. I mean, as you can tell, I'm not much of a conversationalist. I like to think about things a lot and then just say that what I want to say and then I'm done. And it's kind of hard to get a conversation out of that. And that's why I prepare the show so much, just to make sure I have enough questions for the guests and stuff like that. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. It's like, for me, I like to talk to people. Yeah. And I mean, from doing this show for long enough, too, like, I know that I can, like, it's something that I can do. I know there's some people who are, like, afraid of the telephone and they don't they don't like engaging with strangers but i don't mind like i i like talking to people i don't know and that's like the fun for me because mm. it always has to be fun right like i i have to be interested and the thing that interests me is sort of like not knowing about the person and then like kind of learning as i go yes usually though man if you start with the premise of we have a thing in common and in most cases with this show it's the music is the thing in common or whatever and kind of work from that you know do you ask most of your guests or do your guests always ask to come on your show because i was wondering about that was it 50 50 or um I mean, what is the ratio I personally like to ask people, but the thing is, that's when I'm reaching from beyond the scene. Ah. So I think within the synthwave scene, it's mostly people who already know the show, so they ask 
you're like, oh, can I be on the show sometime? Yeah. And then I try and reach outside of the scene to find kind of artists who aren't necessarily in the scene or whatever. And so mm-hmm. for those things, I do I do reach out. Listen to my voice. It's going away. What's, the, what's happening? <laughs> but you have interviewed a lot of people within the scene lately. Mm-hmm. Or, or are you, because you're, you're also diversifying. You're splitting up uh, the Andy, uh, the space show and your synth show, right? Yeah, but I have no time to work on fucking Andy's spaceship this year so far. Because oh. one of the things I wanted to do was use Andy's spaceship as an excuse to interview people that have nothing to do with synthwave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because like, I had this fun idea where I, I wanted to actually like learn things. You know, like if I have like some dumb thought in my head, like why can't we put garbage in a volcano? Yeah. And then like actually interview like a volcanologist or something, like go and actually find the experts in those fields and like ask them my dumb questions. You did have one on the show that was explaining, I think, about magnets. You were really interested in that. You're like, all right, let's only talk about magnets now. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That's fucking uh, at 1980, uh, Adrian from from at 1980. I'm going to have those guys back on, and I'm going to talk about more magnets. I want to see yeah. if they've <laughs> they've made it any further in their experiments to sublimate metals. As a listener, you also feel that you're more interested in, in the subject, and also that engages the listener even more when both parties are interested in telling what they what they want to tell and what they want to listen to yeah i think so i mean like it's then it runs into the problem where <laughs> we're like the one thing i never seem to be too interested in is actually talking about music making <laughs> which is why we should probably uh, listen to some music now and get this thing back on track so i thought we'd yeah. we'd listen to another one from the star child album yes um how about we listen to fading love by heartbeat hero
was Fading Love by Heartbeat Hero. And I've been talking to Heartbeat Hero, a.k.a. Daniel, about uh, making music and people with interesting jobs. What was your first job, Andy? Your first job. I I love asking that question because I always get interesting answers out of that. I didn't work for a long time and I always just never had money. So I was that friend. Um, Like my other friends, like they started working with like some quarries near our town. And so a lot of my friends got jobs at the quarry drilling for stone and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a physical guy. So like I never wanted to do any of those kind of jobs. So like the first job was like a summer job where I worked at a fry shack because my friend was already working at that fry shack and they needed help. So it was like a little tiny shack on the beach where we just fucking uh, put potatoes through the thing and made fries and deep fried things. And like that was that. And I, I don't even think I... I didn't need deep frying. I think my job was literally just to fucking squish the potatoes. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? It was fine. It was like at the beach. I'm not really a beach guy, though, so like, <laughs> whatever. It, it was hot in there. It was a little shed. It was like a little shack. It was like a fry shack, but like a literal shack. And then I worked in a restaurant in the kitchen doing dishes. Yeah. And like, all I remember is no one liked my music. Like, I was sort of an outlier because I liked uh-huh. Depeche Mode and Radiohead, and everyone just listened to the shitty local pop country station. And so, like, <laughs> when I'd be at work and I'd have the radio on, I'd bring my CDs, and everyone would like have a problem with it. So, like, I was like just on my own. How many, how many did you have like one station didn't you have more stations not really we had like three stations like one was an AM radio station for old people that just played oldies one was the pop country station and one was the CBC which is the publicly funded national radio station uh, which okay. is like mostly news and culture programming so like the radio fucking sucked <laughs> We had a country channel in Arkansas, and we had a, a Christian channel, mm. and uh, we had a lot of different channels. But I, it all comes down to what your parents are playing with, I, I, I guess. So now you're the parent, and your kids have to listen to your music, or do they not? Do they just choose what they want to listen to, or do they ever listen to yeah, you? Yeah, I don't, I don't impose my music on them. I'm mostly just sitting here with headphones on. Yeah. It's probably because when I was young, I was subjected to so much music I didn't like mm-hmm. that I wouldn't want to do that to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was young in my small town... I was I was like the eccentric person because I liked Depeche Mode and shit. Huh. I did not have like too many peers that shared in that with me. Which is also very cool that you have music that's only for you. That's also something special. I mean, I mean there are some tracks that I really love that other people just hate. And I love it for that fact. Are you a big fan of Black Velvet? Uh, that's a pretty good song. I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> But I have a really broad acceptance for a lot of music. So, yeah. I mean, I do too, but I just prefer there to be some synths. You know, that's why the (laughs) pop country stuff on the radio in the 90s really didn't do anything for me. And I guess, like, I'm just not that keen on music where it's just a bunch of goofs only playing guitars. I think butt rock. Butt rock is what you're talking about. (laughs) What is that? I had someone on the show that told me he loved butt rock. And I'm like, what is that? It's just like the, the guys wearing the leather pants with the long hair and that time period of uh, music. So he, he his dad was always always playing butt rock. <laughs> I have never heard it referred to as butt rock before. Yeah, me neither. That was my first time as well. There's no way that's uh, that's probably just what that one person called it. Hold on. Let me type Maybe, it in. Yeah, because the other people in the chat were saying uh, glam rock. Okay. Urban Dictionary. 
Butt rock, a style of hard rock and heavy metal music that is watered down both musically and lyrically to garner maximum radio play and mainstream acceptance. There you go. Here's everything you need to know about butt rock. Jesus Christ. There's all these articles. <laughs> all right. Learn something new today. Yeah, I guess I got something to learn. Um, well, look, we can probably wind down. We've been talking for a while. Is there anything uh, we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Uh, would it be okay if I did some shout outs on your show? Or are you anti shout out? It's <laughs> <laughs> an odd question. Am I anti shout out? <laughs> Well, let's find out. You can give your shout-outs, and if I edit it out, then I'm anti-shout-out. Right. I, I get a lot of support for my music, so I really want to do some shout-outs to Robin Lights, Jefferson Rift, Keith Atherton, Joe Flo, S Dwarfs, Renee, Hot Heels, Sequenza, and Larry. Thank you so much. Who's Larry? Uh, Larry is from Embers. He, uh, we, we made some tracks together. Uh, Embers, Embers and Heartbeat Hero, if you look that up, you'll uh, get a few tracks, and he, he does guitars on it and the singing. Very cool tracks. Does he just go by Larry? No, it's Embers. Embers. E-M-B-E-R-S. So Larry Embers? <laughs> no, his name is Larry Miller, <laughs> a.k.a. Embers. Hmm. He just released a track in December, I think. It's called Dreaming of Yesterday uh, by Heartbeat Hero and Embers. Oh, and also, of course, uh, shout out to my wife and kids for supporting me. My wife told me uh, I should just ask to come on your show and stop waiting to be asked. And she was right, because here I am. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm on, I'm on Beyond Synth, guys. Say hello to Daniel's wife. <laughs> well, we, we will allow that shout out. Awesome. And of course, I also got to thank you for being a lovely uh, Beyond Synth uh, Patreon supporter as well for a long time. So I, uh, I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Well, I always wanted to be a part of your show. I just couldn't figure out what or how. So if you ever uh, need a jingle or a piece of music or a bit or a top five, feel free to to hit me up and I'd love to be on the show again. Yeah, for sure, dude. I I almost needed a new birthday jingle, but then Mike finally made one. But uh, I'll uh, keep you in my Rolodex. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, uh, you have a lovely Netherlands day. Thank you very much. People can check out Heartbeat Hero on, on Bandcamp, right? SoundCloud. Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagrams, TikTok, you name it. YouTube. The fuck are you doing on TikTok? TikTok, that's the future, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be in all the places. Yeah, I guess. Well, you're you're a very industrious guy. I, I don't have time to do like all of these things that you're doing. No, but I'm, and I, you've been delegating some stuff, which I'm really proud of that you're doing because uh, I know how <laughs> difficult you think it is uh, to find the right people to do the stuff for you. So, uh. well, when people help out who are actually like uh, good at helping, yeah, that's nice too. Because I mean, th to to be fair, over the years there have been people who've offered to help, and then it just doesn't work. I know, yeah, like they realize they don't actually have the time that they thought they did, or maybe it's not. Not that fun but lately i have had a bunch of people who are actually uh very good shout out shout out to christian quello christian quello aka warlock he's been doing all the things and he's very prompt like i send him the playlist to gather the artist links and stuff like that and because of our time difference actually it kind of works out ah he lives far far away and so when he's asleep i'm awake and so whenever i message him at a random time that would be random for anybody else he's probably awake because of the time difference yeah which is uh, really helpful because most other people, the problem is I always do everything at the last minute. And so it's at the last minute that I'm like, oh, I need to gather the artist links before I post the thing. And if it was like someone in North America, they would just still be at work if I sent them that message mm -hmm. or they'd be in bed. 
you know how time differences work, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of nervous that we got the times right, actually, because I was looking at uh, an hour before we started just, just to make sure we didn't get the time uh, differences uh, correct. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that now. I've got, like, the world clock on my thing, and so when I schedule stuff, I make sure everything's, you know. I do some work over here. You do a lot of work, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do. It's your job, man. Yeah. It's your synth, synth job. It is a synth job. Yes. I'm going to type synth job into Google and see what happens. Hopefully, I don't... I don't know. Anytime you type in anything, it just ends up being porn, so... Yeah. Sexual synth job. Yeah. Safe search off and go. Listen, you have a lovely day. Yes, thank you. Keep on making uh, cool music. People can go check it out and... Um, <laughs> I was about to say, keep on rocking in the free world. I, today, <laughs> uh, my brain is just fucking off. But you can r- keep on rocking in the free world if you want to. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, take care, dude. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And that was my conversation with Heartbeat Hero and my little catch-up chat with Forged in Neon. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Oh, I was supposed to say this <laughs> at the beginning, but uh, this episode of the show was brought to you by Tanuki Sunset, the video game. That's right. Tanuki Sunset Classic is a third-person longboard skating game where players play as a raccoon skating downhill on a synthwave-themed seaside road. Drift your way around the narrow corners, gather tanuki bits to fill up your bonus roulette meter, and try to gather as many points as you can. Check it out on PC and console. Yes, and you will, of course, know who that is because I had the developers of the game on the show a few weeks ago, and I probably should have said this at the beginning of the program, but as you all know, I am not a very organized guy. So the point is, go uh, check out uh, tanuki Nuki Sunset, because they were some fun dudes we chatted with, and uh, if you like games, that's something to play. And I hope you have a lovely week. Uh, Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, and keep on being cool. Alright. Thanks for listening. Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.